Okay, ramblers, let's get rambling. Now where it is now, everybody wants a piece of the market. <laughs> oh my God, that is funny! I don't remember asking you a thing. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. With all due respect, what the f*** are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? What the f*** is so funny about me? Tell me, tell me what's funny. You represent the idiocy of today. I did not know that. English mother do you speak it? Are you listening to me? That's my together, is my together. Nice personality combination, hostile and intolerant. So that's, that's it then. No one else really knows anything. Hello, North Bay Station, Jackson. Come out. Eliani on the board. S&P futures down 11. NASDAQ futures down 104. Dow futures down 91. But that does not tell the story. Last night after the Russian invasion of the two provinces that they now claim are dying to spin off into Russia. We could write this book. Uh, they read in 1938 or something. Um, anyway, that's uh, the market was down. I think the spoons were down. I saw them down like 65. So they were... Dow was down, uh, pushing 500. NASDAQ was down 3%. Now it's only down 0.6%. So the buy the dippers are in or the, F- the Fed's in or, or some, something, something's changed dramatically since last night in terms of the market. Not so much in terms of the invasion. The response so far has been that the, uh, German Chancellor has canceled approval of the second pipeline. I don't know what else is happening as the day goes on. We will hear that. Home Depot beats estimates. Retail itself, retailer sell, says it seals sales growth ahead. 2022 is the guys out there raising prices as we speak. Eliani, what do you think? I mean, what else is there? What else is there to do? Yeah, just raise the price if you can. <laughs> I'd like that pricing power. Um, how would like we have like it's almost too much power? I don't know, how about if we had like a hundred thousand people that, that that paid us uh, ten bucks a month to listen to Stocks and Jacks, and we just said, "Hey, screw you! It's 15. <laughs> right? Oh, well, that's what everybody else is doing. If you can do it, yeah, do we have do we have Mr. Brendan. I'm here. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, thank you. What do you think of the invasion sell-off and uh, and subsequent rally almost back unchanged here? Well, I think uh, everybody's just been expecting this for a while, and I think everybody's expecting something to happen in Ukraine, something uh, in a a warlike fashion. So I think people are prepared. I'm not sure what it means long-term. I know that there there has been uh, a big concentration on Europe and Germany, Particular with the um, with the pipeline, especially now that it's still winter over there, and a large part of the, the fuel for parts of Europe, there, the, the eastern part of the western part of the states of Europe, uh, like Germany, have uh, a big dependence on Russian oil. So that has a lot to play with the politics, uh, and also what kind of action is going to be taken against Russia for uh, taking over or invading these two provinces. What uh, what, what do you, what do you make of the the, the long term effect? I mean, this is this is a, a, a massive massing of manpower. I've you know who knows what you read, but I've I've, I've uh, heard you know one hundred fifty thousand troops or something. I mean, nobody's really seen that in a a really long time. Was even Dever, was even Dever, Desert Storm that much? Many people? I don't think so. Might have been. I, I don't remember how many people we had in Desert Storm, but certainly the, the, the massive troops, the Russian troops on the borders. Uh, remember, Ukraine is bordered by several states, including Russia, and all of them have Russian troops, including Belarus. So they're uh, they're pretty much surrounded right now. 150,000 is a lot of troops for to uh, 
for a country like Ukraine to uh, to have to deal with right now. So I think uh, you know, there's a lot of inevitable. I think it's inevitable that there's going to be more pushing. Uh, I think that the, the first option will be some kind of sanctions against Russia to avoid putting troops and uh, American lives and NATO lives in danger on the line. But I think that it may be inevitable that something has to be done to push back against Russia. What um, is, is all? Has, I, well, I didn't listen. I read some of Putin's speech the other day, and it's yeah, did he, did he read Hitler's book or what? Uh, the, uh, they don't really want to be there. The Sudetenland, the Rhine, what is it? The East Prussia. They don't want to be there. They want to be with us, so we better go get them just to save them, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It's pretty scary. But any, but the uh, if if, for instance, this would have been five years from now, and according to his accusations, NATO had been making entreaties into Ukraine, and Ukraine said, "Okay, we join NATO." Do you think anybody on this end would do anything different than they're doing now, which is basically nothing? Um, well, see, I don't know what's being done or not done on this end because I think a lot. Of, I, I think a lot of the world is stepping back, not in the same way that Europe stepped back as Hitler in 1936, 1937. But I think that there are more economic sanctions that are being applied right now that we're not aware of. How effective they're going to be is a different question. But I don't think that, that we know all that's being done. Now, it, it could turn out that your statement is true, that nothing is being done. Uh, we know when, when, um, when Putin annexed Crimea back in 2014, what it was done to, uh, and I think that's at pleasure now that, that Putin is playing a gamble that, uh, there will not be a reaction from the Western states, either from Europe or from the United States. At this time, if he does take over Ukraine, the way that he did Crimea. So I think, uh, yeah, it's it's a big game of chicken right now. Well, I, I uh, maybe I, my question wasn't as um, narrow as, as an attorney like you might have made it. Uh, my question is, if if they were part of NATO, does let, let me step back. What exactly is the the NATO pledge to each other? It actually pledges troops, people, and so forth, right? Right. An attack on one is attack against all. So the whole idea of solidarity is that. If any NATO country or NATO alliance country is attacked, and keep in mind that NATO is primarily formed to protect the Western countries against Russia uh, after World War II. So, um, I mean, this is this is the exact scenario that NATO was formed for originally. Now, of course, Ukraine is not a NATO member, and that seems to be the crux of at least the, the pontificating by Putin right now that he wants assurances that NATO will never accept Ukraine and that Ukraine will never uh, apply to be a, com- be a member of NATO. And that seems to be the, the big stumbling block right now. But then, you know, then we need to look at whether or not this is similar to the appeasement tactics uh, preceding World War II. Well, what, uh, when, when Carl, you know, Carl is a, a serious patriot, but wasn't there some sort of treaty signed uh, when when the Soviet Union essentially gave up these places, that uh, in terms of them being buffer states and NATO not going in and things like that, wasn't there? There was something signed, right? And his Putin's point is that we have essentially walked all over and peed all over that agreement. Um, is is that true? I don't know the answer to that. I don't, I don't remember if there was a formal agreement. Uh, I thought not. 
but I, I don't know. I can't answer that definitively. Because uh, Ukraine gave up their or disassembled all their nuclear weapons and stuff, correct? I mean, there was a a lot of stuff that happened. I thought when they became independent. I mean, I, boy, it's going it's away. It's back away. So we'll, we'll have to make Lou talk about this on Thursday because he's up on all this stuff. But um, yeah, something. But I don't. You know, it's it's. I know that the the, the guy that was Mister Corrupt, their their former whatever the hell he was leader with the huge palace that that uh, mm-hmm. who who's who were the guys that were working for him? It was the the former general, right, Flynn, and uh, wasn't wasn't mm-hmm. Biden's kid involved? And the guy was giving money to all kinds of people from here, wasn't he? And, uh, yeah, um, the guy Zelensky is now the, the leader, and uh, they they did have a guy who was pretty corrupt in there beforehand. I did like and, his palace. Um, so his palace was cool. And what? His palace was cool. I can see you living there. <laughs> well, I wouldn't mind living in a palace. Yeah, man, what's the difference? Hey, I, I have a serious question for you. Eliani has to close her ears, though. Um, okay. Let's just say you're over at the Chinese Olympics. Now, we could go into a debate forever if, 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 if a lawyer was ever a young lawyer or before he was a lawyer. Let's say you're a skier or a shredder. I could see you being a shredder. Okay. And, and uh, mm-hmm. And you let's just say you meet some young lady and she meets you and you guys are are getting along pretty well and you see the 150,000 condoms they ordered, which is like half what they get for the summer games. But you know your room is bugged or you think your room is bugged. What do you do? You know, that's an interesting question because I've been reading um, some article about long ago about intent versus actions, especially when it was, it was in the context of you know, some of the athletes, that um, at certain points, their hormonal attitudes take over, and it doesn't matter. I mean, they just don't think clearly, either men or women. Uh, and so I think that um, the, f- the fact that the room may be bugged wouldn't make any difference to a lot of these folks when they see uh, when they see somebody... Uh, of a different country, as long as they're athletic. Anyway, rate, they exchange information. They're they're there for a good time. You know, the, the events last for two weeks, and especially um, once your event is over, you're free to kind of do what you want around the games. In most years, I don't think it's true this year, but uh, usually you, know, you may stay around for a couple of days. But after your events are over, after you've been eliminated from the competition. There's not a lot for you to do in the way of uh, staying sharp and going to practice. So there's there's a lot of free time. Well, nothing better. A to be an Olympic athlete would be pretty cool, but to have your event being over like the first day, you get to hang around for two mm-hmm. weeks. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that, that be great? That, but that's when the bars were open. I don't think any bars at this place and stuff. I mean, it'd be pretty. Yeah, neat well, to the, the, the second best thing is even though everybody goes there to win medals. Uh, if you're eliminated in the preliminary rounds and don't even make it to the qualifying, to the, uh, to the semifinals or the quarterfinals, uh, you still have more days to, to hang around the, the event site. You know, if, if you, if you couldn't get some action with a gold medal hanging around your neck, it'd be like what my uncle used to say, you couldn't get any action in a woman's prison with an armload of pardons or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I where, is it, where is that line in, in Top Gun? It's a target-rich environment. Yeah, yeah it's. I uh, yes, I just I have a problem with the bug. I think. Just saying, you heard the story about the. Well, like, who wouldn't though? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you're like, where is this going to be? Is it going to be on the internet, or where is this going to be? I mean, I'd have to try and find the bug. I, you heard the story about the uh, 
years and years ago. I'm sure Eliani did. Uh, the the Canadian hockey team. One of the first. This is one of the, after the. I think was it after the ping pong diplomacy or before uh, Brennan? It was. Uh, I mean, Eliani is before you were born. This is a. The, the first entree into China uh-huh. was we sent, uh, what, a ping pong team over there, uh, and they played ping pong against them. We basically got their ass kicked, but, uh, then, then it was, uh, Kissinger went over there, or somebody, didn't he, right? Uh, was that, was that the deal? It was under the Nixon administration back then. Yeah, it was a long uh, time. Late 60s, early 70s. But somewhere in that mess, the, uh, the Canadian hockey team went over and played against the Red Army team for a while, like a week or so. And one of the guys from, uh, the couple of guys from Canadians, a couple of Canucks, basically thought their room was bugged. So, kind of a sideline story to it is that when, when Russia would, would try and get, you know, they come out with these five year plans, this is how good their economy was, they'd say, okay, you guys, you gotta make chandeliers, but by the way, you judge how many you make by how heavy they are. So the things got to be so heavy that, you, you know, normally when you hang a, a, a ceiling fixture, you just, as long as you have a regular electrical box that's that's attached pretty pretty sturdily, you just hang the thing to the electrical box. It's no big deal because they're, you know, at most are 15, 20 pounds. Well, not in Russia. So these guys are in this hotel, and they see this big bump in the carpet. So they pull the carpet back, and there's this, this big walking brace. So one of the guys starts unscrewing the brace. Well, it turns out the brace is there to spread the load over the of the chandelier below them or over across the floor. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, he hears this huge crash. They go, oops, I, I, I don't think that was the bug. <laughs> it might have been the chandelier downstairs. And we said, Brendan, the S&Ps have just cracked forward here, uh, two bucks. I know I'm skipping around, but I always do because I like some of these wacky questions I come up with over the weekend. But what do you make of this? Uh, I mean, this is this is quite the, the rally after last night. All right, but now you also... Have to look at our our Fed now. They've got, but I know I know you're you know you're much more government friendly than I am. I don't know why I become less and less, but maybe I don't know why I do. I just get crazier and crazier about it. But uh, the idea that these that the Fed is actually going to do something, I I'm stunned that they. they I think they're just gonna, they're just going to keep talking. And they had what last two days of last week they had five Fed people out there talking. Well, as as you might expect, last week. The Federal Reserve uh, balance sheet grew yet again. Fifty, what is it? Fifty billion dollars from uh, well, not quite from eight eight seventy eight to uh, eight nine eleven. So that's thirty three billion dollars last week to eight nine one one. And if they try real hard, they can get it over nine trillion by the time their next meeting comes out. And wh- wh- what are we doing, Brendan? What are we doing? Is there? Are we so happy that the People at Home Depot can just keep raising raising stuff, and we don't care. I've, I'm hearing, uh, you know, people have found me and given, given me their their own inflation stories. And I'll tell you what, Brennan, it's brutal for a lot of people. And does anybody mm-hmm. care at all? I don't think. I they, they the more people, two things of, uh, uh, well, used to, three things. It used to be when when all the idiots used to say, quite frankly, before they told a lie. Now it's mm-hmm. uh now, in, 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 or, in, let me be honest with you. Yeah, or yeah, or, to be fully transparent and then, then tell a big whopper. Do any of these people care at all about the people that they that they know inflation's affecting? Because from the president on down, that's why I've lost total respect for this guy and, and all the, and the rest of these people too. They talk about it and they absolutely turn around and could care less. 
At least, at least don't talk about it, Brendan, or, or say you're going to screw them. I had more respect for it if you said, look, this is going to screw the, the middle class American, lower class. This is exactly what we've been doing for 10 years. Now we're really going to turn the screws on them. And the 15 people that gave me money last year, I mean, it's all, I'm going to make sure that they're, they're richer than, than dreams of avarice next year. At least, at least I would respect the person for being honest. Mm-hmm. I but now I have, I have zero respect for these people. Is it, is it just me or what? Yeah. I, I agree with you that, that they should not be talking about what, what may or may not happen at the Senate meeting next, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and I, that there's mixed signals that, that what they're telling us and what they're doing are uh, in opposite of each other. So I, I agree with you on that point, Chief. Why, you know, why, let me, I mean, you're, uh, I'm not going to mention your age, uh, but you're old enough to remember the last inflation thing. R- right now, today, mm-hmm. Right now, today, everybody listening to the show, everybody working on the show, Eliani knows that in the next year, best case, best case, inflation is going to be 9%. Maybe 10, maybe 12, maybe 8, but I'm going to say best case, the number is going to be roughly 10%. Alright? So, when you give your money to somebody as a loan, a bank, or whoever it is, why are they able to give you back the same amount of money and essentially make that 10% on you? Why aren't you getting one of the oldest, you know, uh, formulas in all the economics? Is the in- your, your, your interest rate, your nominal interest rate should be the real rate of interest plus the inflation. And that's what you should get mm-hmm. back. And right now, if you've got a million dollars in the bank and they give you nothing, by this, next year at this time, your million dollars will be worth 900000 give or take. Yep. I mean, there, I, is there is there anybody who doesn't? Very simple economics. You're right about that. Is there is there anybody that doesn't understand that? If there is, I, I got to tell you, go buy Economics 101 book and start reading. And anybody, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, last year, anybody who doesn't realize that that's the case, and yet they have no intention of doing anything like that. So where, where do they mm-hmm. get where do they get off? <laughs> Basically, using your money for. Free. I mean, I'm not saying about how quick, quickly it's going to go down and the the, the, the you know the uh, supply chain problems. I don't, I don't, I don't care, Brennan. If if three years from now we're going to be back to three percent, I hope, I really hope we we are. I hope these guys are right in that regard. But I do know that the next year it's going to be ten percent, or six months, or whatever the hell it is. So why you should give your money to somebody for six months for free? I have no idea, and, it, and it's causing mm-hmm. serious problems for a lot of people that are savers. Yeah, yeah, and. They're punishing people who are savers, and you know, it, there, there was a time when saving was a good thing. You wanted people to be independent and preparing for their own rainy day situation, whether it was retirement or illness or uh, family problems or what have you. And you're right, you're being punished by being a saver because uh, there's no return on your investment. And then then the, the WAGs will say, well, that just means why you got to put your money in the stock market. Well, what 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 could that ha- what could happen there? <laughs> <laughs> if things go bad, I mean, hopefully they will not. I mean, uh, yeah, what could possibly go wrong with that yeah. approach? <laughs> well, but I mean, it's been around. So I was talking to somebody last night, uh, ladies used to be on the show. I said, boy, you see the S&Ps are now like 80 points. She goes, so what, they'll go right back up. Well, I hope she bought them because she's right, they're right back up. But, uh, I, you know, I mean, but how do you, how do you divorce the market action from the Fed action? I mean, we're, we're talking. Mm-hmm. I mean, does anybody ever, I mean, we are, well, up until two days ago, I guess we were in peacetime, right, uh, Brennan? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess we could say that. 
Does anybody? Does anybody well, I, I, I think I think the idea of peace has been an issue for at least a few months, if not a little bit longer than that. We, we've known what's been going on in, in Russia and Ukraine for for quite some time. But yes, it, technically, we have still been at peace, and we are still at peace right now. The U.S. hasn't taken any action yet. So yes, we are still at peace. No troops have been engaged in battle in Ukraine or elsewhere. Um, but it does seem like we're moving down that path. But we have. Uh we have obviously an issue with the COVID, and we've hit, we've had to do some things outside the box, which uh, most people will, would probably agree with, and I, some of the stuff I would agree with. By the way, how, how do you feel about the uh, half a billion tests now that uh, a month from now nobody's going to be taking any tests? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you like to? Sort well, of- I, I, yeah, I think a lot of that falls into the category of uh, changing with whatever we learn and adapting. And it does seem like the, the most recent wave is passing or has almost passed. And what might have been a big issue in the way of testing a couple of months ago is not the case anymore. Um, so it, it's hard to uh, to say that it was a big mistake because of the time action was taken. I don't know that it was a big mistake, but it certainly... Uh, has, has been a very expensive mistake for all the tests, and you're right that no one's going to be taking tests anymore because of all of the loosening restrictions around the country. Okay. Uh, you may be able to go to baseball games again in full capacity this summer if, if there's ever a, a, an agreement worked out between the players' union and NLB. Um, well, speaking of which, what did you think of that thing I was saying last night? That the, that the, ever, the mean salary has actually gone down in the last three years? Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised that I didn't see that before, and I'm not surprised about that. Uh, I mean, all you have to do is look at some of the players who were not tendered contracts towards the end of spring training uh, until very late in spring training, and you can see they weren't getting anything near what they what they estimated. Because, I mean, <laughs> you know, one of the one of the guys who was the biggest hit was Scott Boris because a lot of his players got big contracts, but others of them did not. Um, well, Brendan and I are talking yeah, about I there was a, uh, I guess we should, well, maybe we'll tweet it out tomorrow, but it, it, it's a, God, who, who wrote the darn thing? Was it, uh, was it NBC? Not sure who it was. I think it was an NBC report, yeah. Um, basically said it that. It's all about the luxury tax. Well, it, 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 little things that have happened that, you know, to be honest, Brendan, I didn't, I didn't pick it up. I mean, I guess I should have. I'm supposed to be observing this stuff. Um, where's Matty Weber? Of course, he would argue against me on this one. But, uh, Simple stuff like when when the players when the teams went to twenty six people, allegedly for COVID, they didn't increase the salary cap. Mm-hmm. Or, or, right. So obviously you now have twenty six players under under than used to have twenty five. So it, the bottom line mm-hmm. is in the last two or three or four years, the the median salary has gone down reasonably significantly in Major League Baseball, while the revenue for the owners continues to go up. So the so the yeah. the, the biggest number here. That the that the that, you know, all the other stuff evidently are arguing back and forth, but the biggest number is there's a a cap number which the owners start having to pay luxury tax, right? And the players want that number up like fifty million, and the Major League Baseball wants it up like what two or four? Mm-hmm. It's it's, yeah. it's hardly a. Well, yeah. uh, aren't they trying to tie it to the rate of inflation? <laughs> well, yeah, the, the the government's rate of inflation, but I mean, but they're but they're, they're not trying to tie it to their revenue at all. I mean, they're absolutely no, they're totally not. totally against that. I mean, it's a uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so just real quick, we only have, we only have a minute. Um, but what I was saying about us being in, in relative peacetime, I mean, re- really, our, our, our federal our federal spending, Brendan, is seven trillion dollars, and our deficit is three. So we're we're talking about roughly sixty percent. Where all the taxes people pay, which are a lot, uh, they're only covering sixty percent of the budget. Mm-hmm. That's and, and like I say, we are in relative peacetime. You know, we we, are, we have less aircraft carriers than we did ten years ago. We have less this. We have less that. So we're not in any kind of an arms build-up race at all. Yet this, these numbers are unconscionable. Yeah. And uh, and and I don't see. I honestly don't see why. Maybe Putin thinks he's become an old man. All he's got to do is wait ten years. We'll fall apart on our own. The way we're going, we don't need mm-hmm. we don't need him. We're perfectly capable of doing this on our own. It appears. While we keep fighting with each other, I mean, what do you make of that? I mean, how do how all of a sudden do we go on a? Oh God, I hope we don't have to. But how do we go on a war footing in in the pickle we're in? It's like worse than the depression. We, we, I don't think our budget deficit was. Was forty percent of the of the of the number when, in nineteen thirty nine? I don't remember what it was. I don't remember what it was in the thirties. But uh, going into World War Two, the American military was one of the weaker ones. It wasn't even in the top ten in the world uh, as far as numbers and uh, equipment. There was a big push to and, and put a lot. That, that's really what kept the United States and the world out of the Great Depression. Was World War Two. And the arms manufacturing in the United States. Um, so I hate to think that that's going to be repeated because of that reason. Well, in the late but, 30s, um, we were selling yeah. stuff to people, so that, that mm-hmm. we went on a we went on a war footing to sell stuff to other people long before we thought we were going to be in one. Yeah, but it wasn't really ramped up until 1941. True, uh, right around 41, 42 is when things really ramped up. In fact, the, the first year, uh, the Japanese had a gamble that they could. What about the U.S. Navy and the Pacific Fleet before America could start to rebuild? Um, and they lost the gamble. Right, but, but we were uh, we were seriously making rifles, tanks, planes, and so forth for for Britain and France in the late thirties. Man, we we were not we, on our we were, but it wasn't it wasn't anything like what happened after that because there was a lot of isolationism in the in America during World War during the Depression years. Uh, to focus on the problems at home and not the problems in Europe. So there was armaments that were increasing in the 30s, but it was nothing like what happened after Pearl Harbor and after the declaration right. of war against Germany as well. Um, that's when everything really ramped up and, and turned the get country out of the depression and, and really started to accelerate uh, the, the, the war machine and, and technology. Well, that's it. Take care of yourself, buddy. Uh, try not to get rained on too much today. A lot of rain. SP Futures only down 5, down NASDAQ Futures down 69. Be right back, Mr. Joel Uncannon. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. 
Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation of the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, everybody. Stocks and jocks. I'm Tomashi Zeliani on the board. SP futures down 350. SP futures down 73. But if you're wandering in on a Tuesday morning and a rainy day, you'd say, well, that's not so bad. But, oh, they were down 80 last night when uh, this invasion started. The Dow was down 500. Now it's down 34. This is an amazing bounce here. Just absolutely amazing. Uh, let's go around what's going on over in, in Europe and other places. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX is actually up 21. They've stopped uh, approval of a second pipeline as one of their sanctions. We'll see. I don't know if that is current or what that is. FTSE is actually up 26.34. Get around up 10.15. Um, amazing. Uh, Nikkei, however, did not get this bounce. They're down 461. That's 1.7%. Shanghai down 33, that's a full 1%. Uh, Hong Kong, Hang Seng down 650, that's 2.7%. Um, they uh, obviously didn't get the memo that this is, this is positive. On Friday, we were down 232 on the Dow, 31 on the S&P, 168 on the NASDAQ. So Friday was not a good day, it was not a good week. Uh, bonds up one basis point to 1.94, but back under 2. Uh, Bun uh, up 4 basis points, up 0.24. This all happened since last night. These guys were all down or flat last night. 
Japan unchanged at uh, 0.21. Oil. Oil's up three bucks, 94.07. Brent up 228, 97.67. Natural gas up 17 cents, 460. Our Bob up nine cents, 276. Um, gold down a dollar 90 to 1897. It was, it was up last night, then it was down more this morning. Now it's only up down a dollar 90. Silver up three cents, 24.02. Copper unchanged 4.52. And Bitcoin's down 728 to 37,498. Remember to back up to 43,000 mid last week. Let's take a uh, hit off that, maybe 15% almost. Eliani, what do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports? Good morning, everyone. Currently 6.38 a.m. on February 22nd. Let's start with sports. After a five-game postponement in the NBA, Bulls will be playing ATL, and Suns will be playing OKC February 24th, so we're coming back for that. And the NHL, uh, Coyotes did play on Sunday, but they will be, uh, no, nothing to report from last night, but they will be playing, uh, the Kings tomorrow night. And I think the Hawks are gonna be playing on Friday, uh, this week. In college basketball, Arizona State loses to UCLA 52 to 66, a very similar score, actually the same score, EIU loses to SIU 52 to 66. And weather in Chicago today, we do have a fog warning, so be mindful of that. We have rain on and off all day, currently 39 with a high of 41 and a low of 17, so big range of temperatures today, so make sure to prepare for that. Uh, in Arizona, currently partly cloudy, 51 with a high of 67 and a low of 50. And Chicago traffic this morning, we have traffic eastbound on 290 between Highway 45 and Central. Traffic westbound on 290 between Costner and Harlem. More traffic eastbound on I-90 between the 90 East Ramp and the 94 East Ramp. Traffic eastbound on 94 between Armitage and Union. A couple of stops of traffic westbound on 94 between 130th and 87th. And then that picks up again at 31st Street and that goes uh, all the way to Ontario. And then we have traffic uh, northbound on 55 uh, beginning at the 294 South Tri-State Ramp, and that goes all the way to Kedzie. And that's all I have for you, Chief. That was quite a bit. Yes, it is. Do we have Mr. Joel? Joel, are you Good morning, with? Chief. Good morning. Uh, are you coaching for I know the rest what of you the want to talk about. I know what you want to talk about. Um, are you coaching for the, for the remainder of the year? <laughs> you either want to talk about a rookie winning the Indy 500, or... Daytona 500. Daytona 500. Daytona 500. Daytona. Or, or Juwan Howard. Um, they had some uh, guy on WBBM yesterday, uh, this African-American preacher, and he was doing this massive rant regarding, yet again, it's the black guy <laughs> getting no, no respect from a white guy putting hands on him, and he lashes out and now we're only punishing the black guy and I'm sitting there going I don't know I, mean, I, I watched those tapes a couple times <clears throat> it sure looked to me like it was a Javon Howard event but and not because he's black I've seen <laughs> I've seen it's not like who's uh, the, not you know, who's the goofball from Indiana he's still stuff like that the Bobby Knight and it's not, it's not like this oh, is yeah. a this is yeah. this is not a black or yeah. white issue this is, a, this is a basketball coach issue it appears I but uh, so this, what the story was he was pressing the other guys, uh, even though they were down 13 with 13 seconds left. So the other coach yeah. called a timeout, which you don't normally do with 13 seconds left with a 13-point lead. So he was outraged at the timeout. Right. And uh, the other coach said, well, I only did it because you were pressing. And that's when the, the melee ensued, right? Something like that? Well, he did it. I mean, I won't go into, you know, I mean, obviously, you got a lot of the details right. Uh, but I, 
I think there's one important lesson that, you know, what my dad used to say, when something bad happens, you got to learn something from it, right? You could always learn something. And what you learn from this is when a guy from the South, that was born and raised in the South Side of Chicago, does not want to shake your hand and talk to you, you let it go. Okay? You just say, okay, we're not going to talk about it. And... Basically, Howard said, I'm going to remember this. Guard tried to, you know, explain it, and he did. He, he grabbed Juwan. I mean, I don't know if Juwan was really threatened by, you know, a 5'8 guy from Wisconsin, but then he reacted, and then it escalated. Uh, in my opinion, uh, Juwan got off kind of easy because... In any you know workplace and any any uh, any kind of situation from that, um, you know, you get fired. You get fired for that kind of thing, and he didn't. And he only got one suspension. So, uh, you know, he got a five game suspension. And the two players that really got involved in a fight um, only got one game, and then Greg Gard got one game as well. So that. That's my appraisal. I mean, they they got to move on. He shouldn't act it in that manner. And, you know, it just goes to show you that, you know, sports has just gotten so out of control that something like that was like the focus of the news the whole weekend. Well, it's, uh, people do, can do crappy things to other coaches. And there are, I mean, for, for a guy who's played sports my whole life, I, I, I know, Put it this way, I, I know, I know when, when there's a, when it's a foul and when somebody's trying to hurt you. And you know what? If somebody's trying to hurt you, I really don't care if there's a ref there. I'm going at him. I mean, I, because you can't, you have to let people know that you're not going to let that happen. I'm not saying there should be fights in every game, but, but I don't really see players trying to hurt each other. It's very, 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 very seldom. That, that sleazebag on, uh, what from Duke? What's his name? Grayson Allen? He could be the only exception. Somebody should take right, it. Right, somebody, right. somebody, somebody should. Every game, they should. Somebody should start on the other team and just whack that guy. I mean, that guy needs to be slapped up. I, mean, I, I think. But that's that that foul he did on the guy in the Bulls. That's that's one of the worst things I've ever seen. I mean, I, I mean that there was no that was an absolute intent to injure. And no matter how many hard fouls you see in basketball, I very rarely see one that's an intent to injure. I'm going to say once every five years. We, I don't. I don't feel that they're intent to injure. Do you? I mean, they're just they're just people playing uh, ball. No, no. I mean, there. I mean, there wasn't any. You know, there. There was no intent to injure when uh, you know what he reacted to. I mean, it was just more. Hey, I want to talk to you, and he didn't want to talk to him. I yeah. mean, that 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 that's the way that I looked at well, it. My, and I my, saw the whole thing in my Notre Dame career. I saw the whole thing happen. Live. Really? Okay. In my in my Notre Dame career is is a watcher. Certainly not as a player. I would say my in my soft, sophomore year, the Irish had without a doubt the worst basketball team ever ever constituted in in, in the NCAA's well, for a lot of reasons, uh, and that, that you know none of more none of more good reasons. Freshmen couldn't play, so uh, uh, the two guards couldn't play. We got to get off this real quick. But Shoemate had uh, blood clots. Sammy Puckett flunked out. Another guy was in a car, or a motorcycle accident, he got his leg cut off, so he couldn't play. And another dude joined the, the Peace Corps. Well, they went down for 
Indiana's opening night in their field house, and the game was 94-27. to And Bobby Knight was playing his first string well into the second half. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Same thing happened when Johnny Wooden came in that year. And he hit his first string play, and a digger refused to shake, shake his hands. He, did you really have to play the first string? Well, the, the, two years later, they upset UCLA, and I couldn't have been happier after the after the antics when the when the Irish were so lousy. You know, so I mean, it's not like these coaches. Some of them, even though even the ones with the greatest reputations, can't be total asses. They can be. But That's I, correct. But I don't. But That's I, correct. You know. So, all right. So what do you make of this bounce from last night? Did the, did the Russians pull back or what? Can I? Have, I don't know. I I don't have anybody there, but I will say, and I, you know, I've been on your show for several years, and I've had several different market opinions, right? Bullish, bearish. This is a bounce that has to hold. This, and you know, we always get these bounces. We get the wild moves. Forget about the 150, 141 point range overnight. We're trading unchanged. If the market can hold in today, and I'm not even saying, you know, be in the green, but if the market cannot fall apart today, I think that will be a very, you know, good indication that we're in for a short-term bounce. If we don't, if we don't hold in here today, uh, make a new low close for the year, um, you know, I'm looking at 4,000 in the S&P, maybe 3,500. So I mean, what's, uh, you got other factors going on, raising int- rising interest rates, um, the way tra- the way stocks reacted, both the good earnings and bad earnings. I mean, everyone got tagged, and I mean, I think you got a, a lot of things going on. So uh, that you know, no one talks about the virus. That's you know, that's that's not you know, that's not that's out of the picture. It's all about a war, and I think today is really. You know, whether you're a trader, investor, you know, or mom, pa, looking at your, your, your IRA, today's a very important day in the market. Um, question, uh, very, very, uh, for a guy who's much more of a, um, uh, a better technical analyst than me, what, in the option business, the option business, the option study business, we still, we, the people in that business, even though I don't know much of it, but guys like Russell and people actually still go with the, the close, the close on you when you when you figure your volatility, all right. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. Well, but I mean, it's over a long period of time. That's, no, that, no. That, the that's reason I'm laughing is because, like, the close, like in the spoons. I mean, that's the mark. That's what you get on your statement, right? right? But by five o'clock, you can have something fifteen handles against you. Well, you know, so that that's the reason I, I said that. But go ahead with your point. Well, my question is for. For technical stuff, when you look at the days and you're doing the hedge, what what is this two percent move one way, two percent move the other way, run change? And it, I mean, what what does that do to your your technicals? Do you, do you, do you look at the close when you look at the, the charts? Um, clearly, you, you look at the if, if we spike in the inner day and close unchanged, you look more at the spike than maybe the option volatility guys do, don't you? Um, you know what, the way, you know, the way this, I mean, first of all, it's always an evolving thing, but, you know, the way, I'm sure, you know, the way your trading styles have evolved over the years, but I, I go with the mark, you know, uh, when I'm looking at stocks or futures or, you know, um, I'm looking at the mark because, you know what, that's what hit people's statement, right? 
Yep. That's what that's what people are going to be margined on. That's what it's going to be based on. And so I, I, you know, I, the way these markets are, like if we see that pre-market low today, oh, oh boy, it's yeah. going to be bad. You know, yeah, pre-market high, maybe I don't know, but it's that mark, baby. It's that mark. That's all that matters to me. All right, buddy. So uh, good luck with your coaching career for the next five games. And uh hopefully okay. <laughs> there are four games at home. Four games at home. We listen to this gauntlet. Rutgers, Iowa, Michigan State. Okay, I'll be at all three of those. And then we're uh uh and then we have Iowa at home and then we we finish out at Ohio State. Hey, just remember we got Phil Martelli. You know who Phil Martelli is, right? Yeah, why do I know that name? He was a coach at St. Joe's for 35 years. That's right. And he was, uh, he's gonna be, he's our associate head coach. So, we're not, you know, he, he knows what he's doing. Should be interesting. I think we're still on the bubble. We'll see what happens. I gotta hop. As always, peace and go blue. Yeah, take care of yourself. But SP Futures down too. As if he was down 58. Be right back real quick, Mr. Kenny Paul Carey. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tamara. She's Eliani on the board. SP futures down a buck and a half. NASDAQ futures down 54. I think we're going to hear from a guy who bought 50 spoo last night on the low. Mr. Kenny Polkiri, how are you, bud? I'm good. You're going in and out on me, though. I can hardly uh, hear you. Did you buy 50 spoo on the bottom last night? That's the rumor. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 
No, but I have to tell you, I did think about it, but I didn't. I, I at the last minute, I didn't do it. Well, why not? It looks like everybody else is doing it. I mean, what? You know, I, I still don't. I still think though, there's there's a more volatility ahead. You know, we may be rallying back a little bit today, but you know, so much is going to depend on what happens over the next couple of days and the conversations between Europe and the U.S. and, and Russia and what he's going to do and what he's not going to do. And, um, you know, the whole Eastern Ukraine thing isn't so much. Um, Surprising, considering they've been fighting for eight years anyway, fully supported by Moscow. Even though Moscow will tell you that they weren't really supporting him, but then suddenly, for um, for Vlad Putin to come out and say, "Oh, you know, I'm recognizing them now as independent as independent republics, and so therefore now we can move in and help them protect themselves," you know, is just yeah. I think uh, a par for the course. Well, then Hitler he protected people in the Sudeten land and East Prussia right. and everywhere else too, right? Right, right. Nice, so nice that's note. how it begins, which is why I don't think this is necessarily over. But in the end, I think they're going to elevate it right up to a, to a tipping point, and then I do think that there will be a diplomatic solution. I just think that Putin wants to push hard. He wants to be recognized. He wants he wants a seat at the table. He wants to, you know, have NATO back off. He wants Ukraine to be, uh, you know, to remain just as it is. Um, and I, you know, partly you can understand that, I guess. Um, and so, and so I think that's in the end, that's what will happen, right? Is that they'll find a solution. Everybody needs to save face at this point, right? Vlad's pushed so hard now, he can't just turn around. They can't slap his, his wrist and have him turn around and walk away because that's not going to work. So he needs something, right? He needs, uh, so maybe it's those two little eastern regions. And then NATO will back off, and, uh, for, at least for now. And Ukraine will remain independent, at least for now. And, uh, and, and it should settle down. But I do think it's going to be another couple of days of some volatility until we get there. Well, I think a lot of it depends on how much support and how much arms and stuff people continue to spend to the rest of Ukraine. You know, you know what I miss, Kenny. I know I'm showing my age. Is right about now, thirty years ago, forty years ago, when I was living in my South Side nice place, the U.S. News and World Report would land on your front doorstep or in the mailbox, actually, and in there yeah. it would be about a ten-page article would say the. Ukraine, Ukrainians got 12 tanks. The Russians got 1,200 tanks. Here's where they are. Here's how many planes they both have. These guys got none. These guys got some. I mean, you would get this full, every time they, there was always an Israeli, not always an Israeli war, but with the Israeli wars, you know, right away, who had, who had what on both sides, where they all were. Does that, does that, where do you, is there anybody who gives you this kind of information like people used to get on a weekly basis? No, I'm not necessarily sure. I mean, there should be because it's so much easier now to spread the word, right? Whether it's the internet or Twitter or anything like that. So it should be easier to spread that word. But it's interesting. It's not going to certainly be like, and I join you when you talk about Newsweek uh, and how we get the, and how we get the news. But I think what ends up happening is that we get we get tainted with all kinds of different perspectives coming from everyone that chooses to want to talk and opine on what should happen, what will happen, what, you know, what's thinking and all that stuff, which makes it more chaotic. Um, because, you know, you don't know who's, you, you don't know where the information is coming from and you can see how quickly the markets will move based on a headline, whether that headline's legit or not. If, if the market will move quickly, it'll shoot first and then ask questions later. And if the headline isn't correct, the market will adjust. Uh, if the headline is correct, then the market will have its reaction. But yeah, I think that's just a function of you know kind of the world we live in today. Well, you I don't can't think we're going back to those days. That, well, know, I mean, you're, they long for. But the, but the well, the, the the long for part is 
you're right, the news spins faster, but you still got to write the article. We don't have anybody writing the article. Well, well, that's what I mean. So who's writing the article? Because of Twitter and, and the technology, everybody's writing articles, right? It's no longer just the reporter that you know from Newsweek who was well-respected was writing the article. Now articles are coming from every from every direction, and they're being published on Twitter. They're being published in you know and these different websites, and so that's what's making all the noise. So no, I think you have to just accept the fact that the world's a different place now, and that's why you have to. At some point, you have to eliminate a lot of the noise, right? Because a lot of it is noise. Well, I've yet to see a really good map. Can't necessarily panic. I've yet to see a real good map on Twitter. As I I try and recall back, and I'm going to try and get. uh, Angelica back one of these days if she can get to work a little later or something. Uh, obviously she's from Ukraine. Uh, and yeah. I just, uh, I seem to recall that when, when the Soviet Union was together, a lot of the, their best divisions I thought came from Ukraine. I thought there was a lot of, uh, uh, military hardware stationed there. I think they were forced to disband their the nuclear arsenal that was in there when they separated out, correct? Is that, isn't that true? They either yeah. disbanded or something, but I know, and I know the the leader be, before this guy was Mister Corrupt, were Flynn and all those idiots, and and uh, were were working for the guy getting all, stealing all the money from the Ukrainians, correct? And wasn't Flynn over there and a couple of Trump's guys? Right. It, was, it was it wasn't Democrat or Republican. Anybody who had to get their finger in their pie got their finger in a pie, right? Uh, and they got rid of that guy. Now, did, did their armed forces and stuff just? Through the underfunding or whatever, they got nobody left, or do they still have some people? I mean, can, is there any kind of fight at all with, with some arms from other places they can put? I, mean, I don't know, there's not, none of this information seems to be trickling down at all. Well, uh, well, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting, I think, to see now that we're at this elevated position what starts to trickle down, but it's confusing, right? You don't know, you don't know where the information's coming from, you don't know what to believe, so. That's the, that's the issue that causes all the noise and causes all the uh, the chaos now because you don't like you said you don't really know where is this information coming from is it true is it not true do they have enough military don't they have enough military what's Putin really doing what's the U S doing what's Europe doing in terms of you know trying to assist or not assist or or impose sanctions I think that's going to create uh, the continued mess. Well, the power of the I mean your your first instinct yesterday was. When I turned on this, you know, CNBC, yeah. it was, okay, how far are we down? I'm, yeah. I'm, and so my question this morning is, somebody somewhere has been a huge buyer. What do they know, and who the hell are they? Right, so I'm curious. Who are they, right? Yeah. Is, it, is it Putin and the Russian government? Is it Ukrainian government? Are they, is it the Germans? I mean, listen, you and I can speculate all day long because you know he had to know when he came out yesterday and made that speech about, you know, accepting the decree and recognizing these two independent states, and then he's going to send in the peacekeepers. You, you, let's not let's not be naive about this. Yeah. He, along with a bunch of other people, had to know the markets were going to initially get hit, and they did. Asia closed down. Europe opened lower this morning as since rallied back. But you saw what Fugees did last night. They were down. That was down 500 points in, yeah. in the matter of minutes after that announcement. You know, when Fugees opened after that announcement well, came out. Where was Spoo's down? Was Spoo's down 80 or 85? When, right now? No, oh, the S&P's last night. Of, were they, I'm not sitting in front of my computer. Oh, they were night. down. They were down 85. Yes, yeah, so I thought 85. They were down uh, in the middle of the night because they originally were down. The Dow was down 450. The Spoo's were down about 65. But they plunged lower in the middle of the night, and then suddenly, you know, they've turned they've turned higher. And I think a lot of that is because there's been some, um, you know, there's been some talk to this morning about how diplomatic talks are still on, and this isn't the end, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the recognition that those two eastern 
parts of Ukraine have been under siege for eight years. They've been fighting Ukraine for eight years already. So is it really that much of a surprise that, you know, they open the door and let them in? No, I don't think so. And I think that's what the market believes. Now, is he going to advance from there and take Ukraine? That'll be a different story, I think. But this is where I, this is where I do think the diplomatic effort will, will succeed. That Europe and NATO will back off. The U.S. will back off. And the Ukraine will remain independent. But let's, you know, let's hope. Well, he said in his speech, Ukraine has always been part of Russia in his mind or something like that, didn't he? Well, the same way China said yeah. Taiwan's always a part of China. And, and, and the real issue I don't think the market's paying attention to is that issue, the China-Taiwan issue. And that's going to make Ukraine and Russia look like a pimple on somebody's yeah. backside. Yep. Right? All right, bud. We'll that's t- going to be the issue. Well, have a good week trading, bud. We'll talk at you next week. SP Futures down right, 7, now as if he's down 77. Should be right back with Mr. Uh, Jeff Joseph. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They're located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Here, right now, right here, right now. Lower market stocks and jacks. I'm Tom Houchies. Eliani on the board. SP Futures down six. SP Futures down seven. This is after being down eighty five last night in the SPs. Then we just broke broke positive a little while ago. Now we're back down some. So it'll be interesting. To see where this lands at the end of the day. UK just announced uh, their first uh, tranche of Russia sanctions. They're targeting banks and wealthy individuals. Follow the money. Follow the money. Do we have Mr. Jeff? Yes, you do. Good How morning, Chief. Oh, good. How are you? I'm good. I'm did, good. Did you? Uh, I got a, just kind of an, an odd question here for you because you you you're always up on this uh, political stuff. 
Um, did you realize that the, uh, well, I'll find the article here at some point, um, that the, uh, I don't know what you, what you think of Tom Dart, uh, one way or the other. I mean, I know him a little bit. He used to remember at the Buckingham Club when, uh, when he was the assistant, when, uh, Sheehan was a sheriff and Sheehan was a very, very talkative, very nice guy. Uh, I don't know how good of a sheriff he was, but he was, he was also a NCAA ref and he would talk to you about Notre Dame games, your head off until finally he'd say, well, I guess I talk so much I don't have to work out and he'd head to the shower. So he's one of those kind of guys. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, there's a little known rule. It snuck through, uh, um, our, you probably, maybe you've heard of this, maybe you haven't. That's, that's snuck through one of our bills that nobody pays any attention to. It says, uh, that every candidate for a sheriff has to be a certified law enforcement officer starting this year. All right. So whatever that means, I guess you have to have been a policeman or woman somewhere. Is that the idea? Is that what they mean? I don't know who you get certified. I don't know who you get certified by, but so the inter- interesting part is some lady is running against Tom Dart, and she's not a certified law enforcement officer, but neither is he. So the rule says that sitting sheriffs are exempt. So she can't run against them, even though he is in the same spot she is. Only in. You're talking about the, uh, uh, Navarro, Navarro Giacconi, that that woman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she, she was, um, she worked in the sheriff's office. Um, well, I, didn't, I didn't say she, she was totally ignorant. I just said she had not a certified officer, whatever that, whatever that means. I guess you gotta be a police. Yeah. Does that mean you got a policeman someplace? Would, a, would an FBI agent be a, would he qualify or Secret Service? I have no idea. I'm asking. I don't, I don't Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. Uh, well, let's see. Did you say sitting or had experience there? No, but it's, I mean, Dart is not a certified law enforcement officer. But a, no, but he was he was county sheriff, right? Well, okay, but he's not. He was not a certified. In other words, he would he would not be able to run today. But right. He, but he's right. he's exempt because he's already there, mm-hmm. and she can't right. run against him, and she's in the same spot he is. Yeah, well, that's. Uh, not exactly fair, but I got you. Why do you have to be? You don't have to be a lawyer to be on the Supreme Court, for God's sake. Why do you have to be a policeman to be a, 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 a head of the sheriff's department? Yeah, yeah. Don't know. Well, it's it's not the worst idea, but I, I'm sure I, I I don't know the history of it. But well, you think? You, well, if you, if you had the the uh, the thought to say sitting sheriffs are exempt. The people who run against ex- sitting sheriffs that are exempt should be exempt as well, I would think. Right. Yeah, you would think so. Not in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not in Illinois. So were you a buyer's yeah, pool last night? She worked at the, um, she, she was for, worked like 10, 20 years in the sheriff's office. Oh, yeah, but yeah. I guess, I guess not, uh, not qualifying for that distinction. Yes, yeah, she wasn't running around with a gun in a squad car. Like, yeah, yeah. I guess I guess that's it. So, what do you, what do you make of uh, last night' uh, big rally? What do you make of uh, well, first the big sell-off, the big rally, and the alleged limited invasion? Just like Hitler only wanted his two-day land. Uh, uh, what do you make of all this? I mean, is this, is this, a, is this a, a full magazine uh, on this whole topic, or what? Well, maybe not because it's uh, it's still playing out in real time. I, I tell you one thing: it's still playing. 
he's sure playing a smart game. Um, you know, obviously he's he's figured out how to how to invade without triggering the invasion button, right? I mean, I mean, first of all, he uh, he expresses support for the two breakaway republics. Says they're not part of the Ukraine, and then he says they're going to send them peacekeeping forces, which are really essentially ground troops, right? Yeah. So he's figured out a way to to cross sovereign lines without it appearing to be an invasion and without triggering a you know a, a media global response. So he's got 190,000 troops sitting outside of Ukraine, and obviously, you know, the first calculation is well, we could send them all in send them all in, and you know, you know that that's a full-scale I- incursion, right? And and you're going to get the global immediate response. But here, because it, with this little tactic, it allows him to get some momentum, gets his foothold, and maybe slows people coming to the table. I mean, look at, look, look at this ridiculous response by the U.S. We've been saying for weeks now, well... We might go, you know, we're not going to send in ground troops. Okay, I get that. I respect that. And, and, and quite frankly, agree with that. But that means the only thing you have left is, is sanctions. Why wasn't putting 190,000 people on the Ukraine border enough to begin sanctions? Why did they actually have to cross the line? And when they actually did cross the line yesterday, why wasn't that enough for full sanctions? How come it took Germany to say, okay, you know that Nord Stream? Forget about it. We're yeah. going to put that on hold. Well, well, what is it about American diplomacy now that is, is being so slow and measured when we only have one card to play, and that's sanction? Well, I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked Brennan. Uh, if we had let we... Uh, if somehow Ukraine had joined NATO and everybody signed up for that and it pissed the Russians off, how would our response be any different? How would uh, I mean? We, we still won't, we still wouldn't back what we just said. I mean, I'm not. But but, but no no no. That's that's a little too hypothetical for me. I'd, I'd rather deal with the issue at hand. Uh, that didn't occur. But what we did have is the buildup of troops on the Russian border. And we're still dangling the carrot of sanctions. And I guess the thinking has to be, since it's our only bullet, once you shoot it, you've got no, no ammo left. But that's really a passive and ridiculous strategy. So why wasn't the buildup of 190,000 troops outside a, a sovereign nation sufficient to impose sanctions and to back out of the Gulf Stream? I, I'm, or Nord Stream? I'm not, I'm not going to... I'm not going to, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to debate that at all because I happen to think yeah. you are correct. But here's my, here's my, my, my read on it. I've been listening to, uh, well, I've been getting stuff from, uh, someone who contributed to the show that, you know, uh, Putin trumps Biden again and, and Biden's weak and this is the other thing. I, I have no, I mean, it was like, uh, I mean, I've read a lot about Neville, Neville, Cha- Neville Chamberlain and, sure. uh, and things. I don't think. I mean, is is everybody? Everybody wants this guy to be tough, meaning Biden. The company's the country's flat ass broke. All we've been doing is is is, is winding down our our. Uh, you know, despite having these these really pristine uh, SEAL teams and those kinds of places for these 
three-day extravaganzas that they, we do better than anybody in the history of the world ever has, and our coordination and our electronics and our things like that. We have we have well, we have five or ten, five or eight less aircraft carriers than we do ten years ago. The chances of Joe Biden or anybody, Trump, you name it, the, the toughest guy there is, Mr. Big, we could find Mr. Biggest Mouth on this. There's no way the guy's getting up there saying, this is bull. Where I'm getting tired of pushed around by this Putin guy. If he's willing to do this stuff, we're going to be ready. By the way, get get your daughter off off her off her fat behind on the sofa and, get, and tell her to drop her phone and tell you take your and tell her to take her brother down to the selective service office. She's going in. That that message does not fly. We're we're talking about a a, a country now that's going to let every there isn't anybody got any money in this country other than if you went to the Air Force Academy or someplace or your kid revolted. Nobody joins the army. That's for other people to do. We're not anywhere close to wanting to fight anybody, Jeff, and I don't either. So I, at least I, but I at least recognize it. I mean, how's this guy going to be tough? We're broke. We, we don't want anybody in the armed forces, and we're not going to send anybody anywhere. So what's he going to do? Wow! Come on, I, I, I expect a little bit more nuance in this conversation. Uh, the the already the already telegraphed that response which is probably represents the consensus of the American viewpoint, including my own, that, uh, that we have enough things to do and putting boots on the ground in Ukraine is not one of them, right? Right. So that's already a given. So that only leaves sanctions and pulling out of Nord Stream. Those are the two items on the table. Why wouldn't they play it immediately? I, that, I told you, I, I agreed with you on that. I, so that's it. So that's it. I mean, we're, there, there's no tolerance for U.S. to enter, you know, unless, and, and, and politically it doesn't even move for Biden because it's, it's so clearly a, a wag the right, dog. So, so what are, he'd never be able to pull it off. All right. So what are the, what are the, what are the, the sanctions you're talking about? We're talking about, uh, not letting, pulling Russia out of the ability to essentially cash checks and, and, been, and do international payments like we did Iran. Well, I, I would back up and say the first one was uh, North Korean, but it's so embarrassing for Biden, who just reversed it solely for reversing it because it was a, a Trump initiative and for no other reason. There's no other good reason for him to reverse uh, us blocking uh, Nord Stream. He was trying to reverse the Trump initiative. What is and it takes Germany today, who would benefit by getting, you know, 50, who depends on Russia for 50% of their oil, to say, no, we're putting that on hold. Germany has a lot to lose with that, and it took them to have to flex that muscle because it'd be too embarrassing for Biden politically to have to reverse something that was clearly a political miscalculation and mistake that he made upon coming into office a year ago. So all that leaves their sanctions, and to answer your question, I really don't know the extent of the sanctions. None of us do, except by knowing that it's the only thing we have on the table. And as the press secretary has suggested on a couple of occasions, and Biden, that we have a full force of hard-hitting sanctions that we're going to, that, you know, that, that is our card to play. Well, we're talking about it, but why wasn't the buildup of 180,000 troops at the border sufficient? All right, well, I'm, I'm going to ask you so, flat yeah. out, why, why, why? So if, if we don't allow the Germans to essentially pay the Russians for the oil and the gas they're getting right now. What exactly does that do? Does that mean they can't 
this this pipeline you're talking about is one that's under construction, correct? Yeah. All right. So, but they haven't. Well, no, it, 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 it's kind of been done. It, 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 my understanding is it's for the most part complete. Um, but yeah, but right, so it, you know, Europe um, it, it would supply Germany fifty percent of it, of its oil. But they're supplying them stuff right now, and they're, because they're selling an awful lot of oil in the open market. Yeah. All right. So you know, if, if we take away the ability. And, 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 and it overall makes um, it makes uh, uh, all of Europe pretty dependent on on uh, you know Russian Russian oil, Russian gas. Okay, so right, my 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 point is. By the way, I'm 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 uh, absolutely agreeing with you and where you're going with this, but but I'm just trying to work through the details because the details always mm-hmm. seem to elude the, the Twitter tweet the tweet tweets of today. Uh, whatever you want to call these guys, the tweeters. Um, so okay, we're we're, we're going to the, the the heavy the heavy hammer is to pull Russia out of the uh, whatever there's a name for it for for people to be able to send money to other people. You know, if you want to send wire to uh, to uh, Europe or to Russia or to China for something you just yeah. bought, these guys are all in this payment system. It's like the world's Federal Reserve that the Federal Reserve has put together with all the other central banks, so you can actually. So, are, are you going to stop tomorrow? I'm, I'm not when I say you. Uh, the sanction—that's that's the heavy sanction. Now, if you stop tomorrow in the sort of the middle of winter, everybody's ability to pay Russia for the natural gas and oil they are now exporting—are you going to essentially say you're putting an embargo on Russian natural gas and oil? Because I don't think, I don't. I think that the the, the dopey does in this world think you can do one without the other. I don't see how you can. I, don't, I haven't heard the word well, embargo anywhere. Have you or boycott or anything? We're not mm-hmm. going to buy any. We're, we're going to say we're not going to be able to pay them. I, how do you, how do you do one without the other? Well, well. I'm, I'm not sure I understand the question because if this is then the only issue, if well, the only card that we have to play is one that we can't play, then why are we jawboning sanctions in the first place if it's not a real deterrent? But, but I'm saying that's that's the from what I understand, and I could be wrong. We can we can freeze assets, okay, of of uh, Russian the Russian government and and the thing that seems to hurt Putin the most because uh, we did it once before, or somebody did, is to freeze the assets of, of 15 of his closest buddies who have a lot of their money outside of Russia because they don't trust the Russian yeah. banks. So c- can we do something there? The answer is yes. But what I'm saying is the reason why they're selling this oil and natural gas is because people need it. The, the simplest way is for it to really want to screw them is to say, okay, if you invade, we are no longer going to buy your crap for six months until you get your fanny out of there. Well, they're not they're not going to do that, okay. So if they're not going to do that, right. saying you can't pay them, that's not going to work because the Russians aren't going to keep shipping you the crap if you're not going to pay them. So I mean, say what you mean, and 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 if it hurts, it hurts. Say we're not going to buy yeah. your oil till you back out. That's not what we're saying, is it? We got some esoteric yeah. crap that we're we we won't be able to pay you. Well, okay, if you can't pay me, you're not getting it. I mean, right? I mean, where am I wrong here? Well, no, it's, it's true, and, and that gets back to my question: is either we're doing it or we're not. If that's our only card to play, what are we waiting for? I think we're in the we're not. Right. 
then why? Then, then why are we jawboning a strategy we don't intend to? Uh, you know, that's like um, that. Then that reads like Obama's red line in Syria, saying something that we don't mean. Well, Jeff, we've got how many people on the on the Federal Reserve running around last week giving speeches about what they're going to do? They haven't done anything in six months or a year, and, and they've been telling everybody they're going to do it forever. And last week, that we've been another new record on the balance sheet. I mean, this 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 is this is what we do now. We talk about stuff and we never do it. Yeah, but it's, this is not the first, is it? No, no, <laughs> I guess not. But I, I guess what you're referring to is that uh, special, the uh, SDM list. I forget what the acronym spells for, uh, or spells out. But that's the um, that's essentially the sanctions list that we put Russian individuals and companies on in the past. Right. That basically kicked them out of the. The banking system abandons their ability to trade and freezes their assets. Well, I mean, we don't. We, we buy. I mean, I, I don't think. And to be honest with you, to be fair, I've learned a lot of this from the contributors of the show, including you. So when I, when I kick it back at you, I, I kind of know what I'm doing because I learned it from you. The reason why people import stuff from other people is they either don't have it or they don't want it. They, they, they don't want to produce it for whatever reason. The reason why we get rare earth meta, me, uh, metals out of China is because, matter of fact, we have some here, but we ship them there because we don't want the dirty, stinking pollution that goes with it, right? And we don't care if they if they kill if they kill Chinese people uh, in the midst of it or, or or sully their water or their land. We don't care about that, correct? I mean, the fact the yeah. reason why people in in Europe and other places grab Russian oil is because they need it. Now, if they if they stop using Russian oil, okay, tomorrow we make this big thing. I, you know, there there are people in this world, from what I understand, which wouldn't be you or me, it could be you. And sometimes you have talent. Say, you know, there are people that could put a hypodermic needle into a barrel of oil, and twenty minutes later tell you exactly where it came from. Well, I'm not one of those people, but by and large, a barrel of oil is a barrel of oil, right? So if we stop Russia from exporting their oil, who's to say they can't export it to Saudi and Saudi turn around and say it's Saudi oil? I mean, I mean, I we know that everything slips through the cracks, right? There's crooks everywhere. So, I mean, do we, can we really stop them? Do we really want to stop them? People need it. They don't want the price 150 bucks. I mean, how serious are we? I mean, look at look at the crap we've put up with from the Saudis in the last 30 years. There, we we we, we from what I understand, we have a group that takes the most ten most religious uh, cu- countries that are that crack down on religion more than anybody else. And we always keep Saudi out of the top ten, even though like they're number one or two, because we don't want the we give them special access to um, the auctions here. Where if they if they buy at the auction, they can buy direct, and their name is not spelled out as how much how many T bills they're actually buying. Correct? We let the guy yeah. torture everybody in a hotel for six months and never told anybody about that. We let him kill the news the newsman, right? We let these guys do anything. Is there any could be any bigger sadist or crook than the guy who's running Saudi Arabia right now? We don't care because no, we get oil. We get oil from yep. them, and we're not really. When I mean, you wrote the, the the magazine about it, we're not really serious about doing anything with China either because they, they got stuff we want, right? And they don't mind polluting their own place to get it and having child labor to get it. And if the blue jeans are ten bucks cheaper there, nobody cares. I mean, I mean, I'm throwing this right back at you because you're the one who taught me. Hmm. Well, it is the it is the SDN list. It's the only card to play, and I just wonder. The strategy of not uh, 
And you're right, it, it had a huge impact on uh, Russia's elite. You know, it really hit them. Not only did, you know, and, and, and a broader imposition of, of use of that um, would affect ordinary Russians as well. It really, really have a capital flight, you know, really create inflationary pressures immediately within their economy. And this is something that would have an immediate response. So either we play that card or we don't. But meanwhile, Russia just invaded Ukraine. Right. Without yeah. a doubt. <laughs> and we don't want to, and we don't want to put troops on the ground. So it just appears to be a feckless foreign policy. That that's all. Or or the absence of one. One that's purely responsive. Well, that's that's where we're at. Just let you hope the Chinese don't don't take the chaos to try and do something. Yeah, well, it, it's not inconceivable, is it? No, but hey, after after uh, we, we got a few minutes, we we can uh, talk a little bit about some sports and some baseball. But after the break, <laughs> how about flipping this around? And 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 because uh, you can do this, put put your Putin hat on, and and kind of walk through. Because I've been asking people, and first of all, I don't think anybody knows the answer, but I bet you have a pretty good. What does what does Putin get out of all this? I mean, the guys, the guys. Economy is the size of Italy. He's got 150,000 people in the, in the field that he's writing checks to. Whatever job they normally have, I don't think they're just hanging around in the army. Whatever job they normally have, they're not doing. I mean, what what do you, what do you think his costs? What are his his uh, his balance sheet on this whole mess? I mean, let's save it for after the break. But just I I, I have no idea what he thinks he's going to get out of these two provinces in the Ukraine. I mean, he, I guess he stays in power. I mean, Lou's been watching Russian TV because he can speak Russian. He goes, it's all about... By the way, did you listen to the ambassador on Face the Nation? No. God, what, no. <laughs> what a two-tongued dude that guy is. But it's all about... I mean, it's all about us wrecking whatever agreement the Russians thought they had in Ukraine and we're arming them and we're doing this. When I say, oh, it's NATO. Now they're going to become part of NATO. They were supposed to be a buffer state. Now we don't want them a buffer state. We want them our guys. And they can't have that because they've traditionally been their guys. I mean, if you listen to this guy, I mean, everything you say he comes up with some, something wilder, the ambassador. It was it was like the, the dopey ambassador in the hunt for Red October. Remember that guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he sounded pretty much just like him. And, of course, Bargain Brennan's trying to drill a guy, but he was undrillable because the weird part is every time he went to say something, he looked down at these index cards. Like they, like they gave him his talking points. No matter, what, you could ask them about, you know, who won the U.S. Open, and he still would have given you the same answer, kind of thing. Uh, I mean, I love it when that happens. But uh, you know, I, I think in in their in their world, they think that you know, they're telling everybody that we're the bad guys. You know, and I, I'm sure there's. I mean, Carl's been sending some stuff out saying that there were a couple of agreements that we did walk all over. Uh, during, especially during the Obama administration, and he claims Biden was the guy who was was the the chief walker. Uh, I mean, who the hell knows if that's? You know, I'll have to read the rest of what he said. But I mean, I don't I don't know that there's uh, our hands are totally clean here. Do you? No, we've got a lot of troops around along their border. You know, we we have um, you know we've got uh, troops from Poland, about fifty seven hundred troops. We've got troops from Lithuania and. Uh, in Romania, you know, and that's not, that's not something that, uh, that Putin feels good about, right? Between the U.S. and, and NATO troops, there's, you know, there's a, there were well over 10,000 troops, you know, pre this event, uh, just stationed right on the border already. And, and, you know, that 
I mean, listen, I, I think what you're seeing with these kind of global authoritarians, uh, <laughs> Trudeau being a, a case in point, oh, yeah. is, that, is that these measures, um, you know, slow up your base, your nationalist base, you know? We saw it with Trump, we're seeing it with Trudeau, we're seeing it with Putin. That, you know, there's certain things you can do that really kind of firm up your base. And, and, and I, I think I, I think as Russia continues to slip as an economic power, you know, slipping out of the top ten now into the 12th spot, this is something they can do to assert their strength and, and to restore confidence in their leadership. Well, it still doesn't get anybody a job or get them any money. Let's hold all these thoughts. SPV just not on 15. We're leaking... Lower here after being positive for a few, a few minutes. As if you're just down 100, you're right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas, and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know, all while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you! Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and try to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. 
Blowing up X-Tax and Jacks. That's the mouse. She's Eliani on the board. SP Futures down 9 and a quarter. NASDAQ Futures down 75. We've been all over the place. We were down 85 in the spoos last night. We were positive probably 3 or 4, maybe a half hour ago. And now we're ducking lower here again. I don't know how much lower we're going to duck, but uh, Dow's down 123. It made it back to being down like 40 or 50. It's down over 500 last night. Again, this stuff is uh, is pretty darn wild, and uh, you know, it's been like that pretty much, you know, for a while now. But it, this is this is even more, more more extreme. Over in Europe, uh, DAX down forty five point three percent. It was up last time we looked at it. What's he up sixteen point two percent? Kick around down two. Call that one flat. But they're because they're choppy choppy. Over in Asia, not so choppy. We got the uh, the Nikkei down four sixty one one point seven percent. Shanghai down thirty three one percent. This is a big one, Hang Seng down 650, 2.7%. Uh, so, yeah, those guys have been down, they, they have not come back. As a way of review, Friday, a long time ago since it's now Tuesday, Dow was down 232, S&P down 31, NASDAQ down 168. So we finished the week on a negative note uh, with the VIX. Friday, uh, well, see where it is today. The VIX is up, uh, I got it up 170 to 29.45, so it's, that's a pretty big move. On the VIX, uh, was over 30 at one point last week, ducked back down, now it's pushing 30 again. Bonds, uh, unchanged at 1.94. They were down lower than that, they were down to 1.87, and now they bounce right back up. Uh, Bun, positive 0.26, Japan positive 0.21. Uh, oil, up 264, was up 3 bucks. 93.71, Brent up 211, 97.50, natural gas up 14 cents, 4.57. Our Bob up nine cents, two seventy-six. We've got gold now up on the day, nineteen oh two. Up that's up two thirty. Silver up sixteen cents, twenty-four fifteen. Copper unchanged four fifty-two. Crypto, however, taking a whack whack. Uh down thir- seven thirty-four to thirty-seven thousand four ninety-two, which is quite a bit lower than the forty-three thousand early last week. Oh, yeah, that's a bunch of stuff. What do you got for us, Trevi Weather Sports? I have more stuff for you. Good morning, everyone. Currently 7.35 a.m. on February 22nd. Let's start with sports. And the NBA, after a five-game postponement due to some COVID-19 concerns, the Bulls will be playing ATL Hawks uh, this Friday, and the Suns will be playing OKC this Friday as well, so look forward to that. And the NHL, nothing to report for uh, the Hawks. Uh, they're not going to be playing until this Friday, but Coyotes will be playing the Kings tomorrow night. In college basketball, Arizona State loses to UCLA 52-66 to with the exact same score. EIU loses to SIU. In Chicago this morning, uh, we have a fog weather, a fog warning, so please look out for that. Uh, currently 37 with intermittent rain, high of 40 with a low of 17. And Phoenix currently partly cloudy with a high of 67 and a low of 52. Really busy time on the roads this morning. There was an accident on 294 at the I-20-95th slash Street ramp as causing traffic between the I-20 connector and the 55 uh, North ramp. We have tra- uh, traffic uh, eastbound 290 between the I-88 West ramp all the way to, to downtown approaching the 290-94 construction intersect. Traffic westbound on 290 between Homan and 17th Street. Traffic eastbound on I-90 between the 294 North ramp and the 94 East ramp. Traffic westbound on I-90 between Foster and the I-190 West ramp. Traffic eastbound 94 between Tui and Canalport. Massive traffic on uh, westbound I-94 between 130th and Montrose. uh, Traffic uh, northbound 55 between 294 South and Damon. And more traffic southbound 55 between the 90 West ramp and Central. My God, be careful driving this morning, everyone. I'd I'd turn back if I were you. (laughs) Go home. (laughs) Well, thank you, Jeff. Uh, 
just uh, kind of kind of starting. Uh, let me start you off some place where I weren't bef- wasn't before. Before I forget it, I was listening. Uh, well, if you listen to News Radio seventy eight, they have good stuff there. But they also got they hit you up with an odd infinitum. But I was driving a lot this weekend, and there's a guy from guy. Well, he happens to be male, but a professor from Western Illinois of all places has come out with some paper or some book regarding that this uh, January sixth whatever you want to call it, demonstration, insurrection, you know, whatever, uh, bad day, uh, that, that I think we can all call it, uh, of how how that has become very common worldwide, from New Zealand or to Australia, to people basically getting pissed off with their, their government, and, uh, and the violence against government is increasing, or the demonstrations are increasing. And um, same time, you mentioned before the break, uh, we're seeing stuff like, uh, you know, the Trudeau becoming, you know, pretty much, in my word, a total fascist. Uh, you know, when you start having private citizens charged with uh, confiscating stuff from people because you see them doing something that you perceive as wrong. Uh, say, the, the, the governments are, are becoming, in, in a lot of, you know, here people think that the government is becoming very intrusive on people. Clearly, if you're in a, in a regulated industry, you felt that way a long for a long time. Doesn't make me violent, but it's. Uh, I mean, I see the stuff Finra does, and I, I'm appalled. Uh, and I think it's probably going on in a lot of industries. But w- which? I guess my question is, which do you came? Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Are, are are governments responding to what they perceive as people getting more pushy and, and violent and, and outspoken? Or are people saying enough with this crap? What do you guys think you're doing? Well, well, I, I don't know. That, that, that's a that's a big question, and probably uh, very the answer probably varies according to both geography and ideology. Um, in my in my own mind, uh, you know, this has been a this is just part of a pendulum swinging and, and it's going to swing back. I think, um, I think people are really picking up on this. I mean, it is not, you know, we, we had a, we had a big blur that occurred in American politics and that was Trump, right? He was, he was divisive. We forget how divisive Obama was. He was clearly the most divisive, uh, president of our time, of our lifetime. Because he always spoke in terms of the opposition, he was the first president who would say the Republicans, the Republicans, just continue to point out that divisiveness, the division, and play to his base in that fashion, calling out the other side with no attempt to really reconcile. And that was noticed by some that that Trump took that to a whole new level. So for those who rightly recognize that Obama was a divisive president, boy, he was you know, trumped by Trump in every possible way. There was, you know, we never imagined that someone could be more divisive than that. So, so we got into this state of blur about this man's personality that was just so, so offensive to politics. He might have liked his policies, as many did and still do. In fact, many longed for his policies, and you could make a good argument in light of what has been probably the most ineffectual presidency of our, our lifetime and the worst one-year period ever under the Biden administration, you know, just this incompetence almost in every area, 
that you can make a case for longing for the policies, at least, of the prior president, but certainly not his personality. His personality was so strong and so offensive that even people across partisan divides recognize that this is not the person that they wanted representing the United States of America, right? So you just just go wrong in so many ways. So we, we kind of blurred over on on what was also happening, you know, in our government and then you know, as 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 to what what type of things were occurring, how Silicon Valley and the media were conspiring, you know, to become political parties essentially as they were. I mean, you know, the the people who claim that uh, the election was stolen do it on the wrong terms. It wasn't stolen at the ballot box. Um, it wasn't. I, you know, I don't believe that there was a, you know, a, a, a stolen election. But I do believe that the media in Silicon Valley conspired to steal the election on behalf of Biden um, because they were so anti-Trump. And I think that's, that's evident in the New York Post story being grounded and and the deplatforming of Parler and everything else and all the things that you've seen. You know, there's a strong case that could be made for that. But getting back to your, your question, so the response was we got rid of this awful personality who really didn't deserve to be President of the United States, and I hope he never gets anywhere near that office again. And and that gave the new party so much impetus that they overstepped their authority. And now it's just not lost upon people the the hypocrisy. So yeah, you're going to see a revolt in the United States because yeah, and January sixth wasn't it. January sixth was you know the reason. Only the media calls it an insurrection, and, and the government doesn't, you know, aside from finding seven guys to charge on sedition, even though they put 400 people in jail, is because it wasn't an insurrection or sedition. It was a ragtag group of people, some of them wearing fur, that walked in, you know, in, in, into a building they didn't belong in and did it violently in some instances. But it's not lost upon the majority of Americans that... When you take January 6th and the only weapons, you know, there were, you, there were no weapons there, and that the only person killed was killed, who was an unarmed former military person that was not even giving a warning shot, and you compare that against the riots of 450 cities that we saw in the summer that caused billions of dollars of damage that injured over 200 officers and over 2,000 civilians, people know there's no comparison. They get it. People look at what's going on at the border with 1.7 million people coming over, and they know that it's being neglected. People look at our foreign policy, the French ambassador leaving for the first time ever, Germany calling us out on our errors, Afghanistan's mess, and people know that's a mistake. People look at the highest inflation prices in 40 years, and they know that's a mistake. People look at everything that this administration is doing so poorly right now, and they know it's a mistake. So there, are, there is going to be a revolt. They are going to be just decimated. And it's amazing that the Republicans, you know, it shows the problems with the two-party system that the Republicans can have such an offensive person as President Trump lead their party and be eliminated from office 
and just be replaced by the most incompetent president of our lifetime. It's just, it's a sad state of politics, but Democrats have overstepped their mandate, so they're going to get crushed in the midterms, and and it also speaks to the, the type of the type of uh, nationalist and populist revolt that you're seeing at every level. You're seeing it at school boards. You're seeing it, you know, you're seeing those elections across the country at school boards. You're seeing a very disrupted, partisan, partisan, fractionalized country right now. And you're seeing that in a lot of different places. And the short answer to your question is that COVID evacuated all of this and locked down authority. Yeah. And knowing that, you know, it's not lost upon people that the, the government's lied. I mean, lied, right? Yesterday right. it came out that the CDC was holding back information about the efficacy of the vaccine. They, they actually left the data of 18 to 49-year-olds out of any published report because they thought the public would misinterpret the data as being the vaccine not being effective because of the high rate of infection among those that were boosted and vaccinated. Jeff, Jack Nicholson is speaking to you. You can't yeah, handle the truth. Yeah, the government deciding that we should not have the facts, right? You can't so handle yeah, the truth. it's going to be a lot of revolt. Yeah. And I'm not the least bit surprised. You know what, I, I have a... I don't, I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to call people uh, dumb. Um, I, the, the, the state of education in this country... Uh, Whenever, whenever I talk to somebody, and you run into you know a lot of, especially in the, in the right wing areas, they go crazy on the on the border, and and you're not in that group, but you, you recognize there's a problem on the border, uh, and yet when I say to somebody, by the way, how many people do you think worldwide are essentially on the move? Refugees, this place is a bleep hole. This place is a bleep hole. Syria, these places that used to be garden spots that everybody just kind of leaves. And now can't live there. All these places in Africa, and they look at you and they go, "What do you mean?" I said, "Seriously, how many people do you think are on the move?" And the last time I checked, you know, I don't read this every day, Jeff. You probably, if I'm wrong on the number, let me know. Kick me. Isn't it like 60 million people worldwide that are that are that are not living where they used to be able to live, or maybe it's 45 or 50? It is a massive number, and and uh, and I, I I'm not saying. We should let, you know, 20 million people walk across the border. Everybody knows I'm not in that camp at all. But to think that we should be, that we should have, this should be totally, we should be immune from all of this. That somehow or another the poor guy in Jordan who should go straight to heaven if there is such a place. What is, what, how many people are in his country? And he's got like 30% of the place is refugees and somehow he's coping with it. And we're, we're worried about an extra 5,000 people coming across the southern, southern border. I mean, not that it isn't a problem. I, I, I get it. You can't just have people walking in. You got to have your, your you know, you got to have some boundaries. I get all that, but the numbers. Do people even understand what other places are going through? Because the the powers to be or somebody to be has busted all these places up, and people can't live in any of these places. Yeah, but that's that, you're you're making that a black or white question as yeah, opposed to shades of gray and nuance. People understand that again in defiance of of a bad person on day one, Biden reversed. Trump's weight in Mexico uh, plan, right? He let a... Oh, that, yeah, that I, I was, in the flood of refugees to our border. No, right? no, 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 I, people I, know that people are being... that they come into this country now, cross the border, 
They're put on planes with no COVID testing, and meanwhile they have to fill a vaccination card to get a hot dog at a restaurant. I know it's, it's and people crossing the border illegally are being flown well, across the country and dropped off in cities with with you know with a twenty percent infection rate. Well, it, it, as this usual, does not walk upon people. No, no, as as usual. I, I, I stumbled into my my story, uh, but I'm doing more of that lately. When I do them, I apologize because these numbers. When I when I try and talk about it, Jeff, and you know you know the but, problem. The numbers are big, yes, but we we actually had it under control. Okay, but what, what I'm saying and is, we don't, and we the, and we don't now. The, the the problems that you bring up are are so big that I I don't know that the competency of the people. Maybe even worldwide. I mean, this Trudeau sounds, he looks like an idiot to me. I mean, what's with this guy? He, he, whatever he's doing, he knows can't be possibly working and people are going to hate him for it. I mean, wh- wh- how does the guy not realize that this is so unpopular? It, it stinks. I mean, I mean, I, I th- our, our problems on the border, I'm with you, you know way more about it than me, so I'm, I'm sure as hell not going to debate you, but I'm saying, but these are, are massive worldwide problems. And if we don't figure out a way to have Syrians like live in Syria, you know, for it, and, and maybe get a job. And we don't, we don't realize, as my brother shows me every week, that the that the cost of uh, the, the cost of a day's food. We're not talking about steaks. And five hours a day is what keeps most people used to keep most people in cereal and, and grain and all these places where people don't eat very much. And out of five hours is up to seven or six and a half, and they don't have it. If, if, if we don't understand this is what we're doing, Jeff, how the hell are we ever going to solve the problem? We can't even define it. Yeah. Is really my is really my point. It's not every single one of the issues I bring up. You probably know more about it, or other people here can tell me where I'm wrong about that issue. That part I get, but the, the part that we we don't get people that know about it sitting in a room and say, "All right, what are the five steps that say a year from now this is going to be not solved? You don't solve anything. Uh, it's going to be better than it is today." I don't see any of that. I don't see this administration. And I'm going to push back a little on the on the Trump stuff. By the way, you know I can't stand the guy. I didn't like. I booed him at Wrigley Field 15 years ago when he sang the uh, "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." Uh, so I'm just just saying I was booing him then. Uh, although I, I will say this though, Jeff, the guy played catch with Sammy Sosa with his suit on, with his tie on, with his tie pin is still in. It had to be 98 degrees, and the guy never broke a sweat. What does he What does he wear on his face? Botox. <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots of Botox. <laughs> anyway, but I, my, it, it, I didn't want him, but the idea of somebody from the outside landing in Washington. Now, he had the personality of a wildebeest. We understand that. Uh, and he couldn't get anybody to, to kind of help him out because all he did was insult people. But I want to ask you a question. What if it wouldn't have been him, if it would have been you or me or somebody else that we like and was actually cared about Shaking the shaking the bleep up in Washington and actually cleaning out the swamp and getting the thirty percent of the people out of there to do nothing but are like you know like scabs on your body get them the hell out of there you know clean up the lobbyist thing a little bit would anybody pay any attention to that person if it was Solomon not Trump and Trump is nowhere near Solomon what if it would have been somebody decent and cared and, and had a personality could they have been any more effective do you think? No, you know, it, it's one of the reasons why he was kind of, uh, you know, there, there's an argument that someone articulated once to me that I thought was pretty impressive, and that Trump was a, you know, hey, Trump is an example that the system works. Someone came in, he was disruptive, he changed our thought about, you know, 
how much experience is required to go into politics, you know, career politicians versus other lives. And he, you know, he came in and he was a bull in the China shop, but his personality and his disposition and his values did not represent America's, and we got rid of him. And that, that wasn't a bad thing. And then if you look at it over a larger timeline, it shows that the system kind of corrects itself. And that, that's, you know, that's an interesting argument because we get so awash in the, uh, you know, the daily of, of all this. Um, so, listen, I, I, I think, you know, look, look what he did with, um, you know, some immediate decisive things that he did when he cut back regulations, when he, uh, you know, did things, when he fixed the border problem, which he did. Um, there are things that he did quickly and effectively that were good for business and good for people. Um, he did reduce prescription prices to some degree, although he lost track of that. There's some things that he accomplished in school leader that I think inspired a lot of people that, you know, that you can do things and be effective. Unfortunately, he was the only man for the job. I'm going to... Uh, uh, listen, but, but I, I want to jump to something only because you mentioned it uh, earlier tonight. All right, what is that? Jeff, yeah, before, ahead, before you do that, I just have one, one quick question. What you just said is very... Every time you say something, believe it or not, I listen to you, and I... And I uh, what you just said is very informative. And I don't even think you knew you know why. What you said is when he first came in, and he had three and a half, maybe seven and a half years to go. People paid attention to him. I'm thinking that once they realized he was a one termer, nobody paid attention to him at all. He could have he could have told the people in the Justice Department. I, I think you and I would have to go in there. And, and by the way, I'm no hacksaw Al. Can't stand firing anybody. I, I mean, I, I, it just appalls me when I've heard a few times I've had to do it. I mean, I, but I think that honestly, Jeff, you and I would have to go in and we'd have to go to the antitrust department. And we'd have to say, okay, you went after these four people. What about these other guys? Well, they're like too big. Yep. Or, or I think you and I would have to walk out. We'd have to have a, a briefcase, just like uh, who's the guy in absence of malice, uh, Wilford Brimley, and say, I want every, here's here's a bunch of resignations. I want everybody's ass in this briefcase when I leave. I I don't think we can. I don't. I don't think you can. You can budge these people. He did. You're right. He did his first year. Now, did he, was he was was it before he flew off the handler and got nuts, or was it when people paid attention to him and after that they didn't? I, I don't know the answer to that. Well, you know, we, we you can say what you want about you know tinfoil hats and people talking about conspiracy theories, but boy, I think it's becoming pretty clear, and the results of the Durham investigation are likely going to. You know, confirm this, but there, there, there was a deep state, you know, in action. There, and, and the deep state, by the way, isn't a partisan thing. There's a deep state that, you know, of Republican hangovers after, oh, yeah. you know, a Republican administration leaves and a Democratic administration comes in. I think it's called so a bureaucracy. Deep state doesn't have to be a partisan thing, but there was a, a mechanism in place that was opposing his move from day one. So there's no, and, and, and that, that's no longer anecdotal. That, that's pretty clear. Um, All right, go ahead. So change I, subject. I, I, change subjects. It's, it's a tough one. You got to be in for the long haul. You're right. People right. have to know you're going to be around for a while. All right, go ahead. Change subjects. What do you, what do you want to talk about before? Um, what uh, Putin sees in uh, in Ukraine? Yeah, I think too too often people come to the conclusion that it's just about Putin's personality because he is a big personality, right? That he wants to restore nationalist pride and he wants to you know restore Russia back to its former glory. And that, yeah, it's easy to start with, yeah, because there's so much pro-Russian sentiment there, and that, 
you know, these two breakaway republics have done that. Uh, uh, boy, that's a shame. I'm already using his term, breakaway republics. They're yeah. not, and we should not call them that. But Donetsk and uh, Luhansk, that he identified yesterday as being independent, um, he knows that there's, you know, pro-Russia support in those regions, so they're easy to annex. But after 2015 in Crimea, you know, that helped a little bit, but Russia's always had a problem. And, and that a problem that gets in that gets in the way of their economy and that thwarts them militarily, and that is that they just lack warm water access. They don't have a toilet with warm water access. They 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 used to have it through the Black Sea, but Turkey kind of blocked that off. Crimea gave them a little bit more warm warm water port access, but that also ultimately is part of the play here is uh, one more water access port with direct access to oceans. And that's something that every economy needs for a number of different reasons. And Russia is geographically challenged in that manner and always has been. So, uh, yeah, there's nationalism, there's uh, pro-Russia contingents. They have momentum from the Crimea. They have what they perceive as a weak administration in Biden. And, uh, you know, so there's a lot of other elements that contribute to the timing. But I don't think the geographic considerations should be ignored. That's something that Putin's very, very much aware of. What, um, when, how long can you think he keep paying these guys? That's <laughs> uh, a good law. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Their, their economy uh, depends. It depends if you see oil at $120, you know, maybe they can do it for a long time. Um, yeah, boy, that's a... Boy, that, that's true. Boy, those guys. Uh, well, not, not if nobody, not if they can't get paid. This is gonna be interesting how this all plays out, Jeff. I mean, yeah, I hope, I, I hope it's more interesting than people getting killed. Let's put it that way. What? Uh, yeah. But next week we got to talk more about the mag. What, are you guys in uh, designing the new magazine uh, step? Or are you are you already you already decided? And are you? Uh, uh, the the luck the luck box issue that just came out is an. Uh, is a, a design issue. We'll have it uh, down at South by Southwest in a couple of weeks. Um, it's free at getluckbox.com. And uh, we are now working on our next issue, which is all about hype. We're looking at Kathy Wood. We're looking at Metaverse. We're looking at The Rock. We're looking at Kanye. It's going to be a fun issue. We're going to look at the, the use of hype in marketing and, and uh, technology trends. So that's... Uh, all at getluckbox.com and it's free for digital. We gotta, we gotta get some more, we gotta get some more hype. I, I blame Eliani. We need some more hype. Woo! <laughs> 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 SP Futures down six. I, think, futures down 15. I, think, I think she's killing it. Yes, yeah. she is. I am too. Talk to you next week, buddy. Uh, thank you. Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.
What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again. <laughs>